0: I'm not like them, Back I can pretend, I will think I'm
1: dumb, maybe just not, I am Alright, we're on. Yo. Yeah. Hey everybody, what's up?
2: Ah, uh, Q&A, back at it, bringing you your weekly dose of misinformation.
1: Yes. Your weekly dose of misinformation for now. Some people pointed out to me that we stopped doing the review and (laughs) we didn't get, we didn't get arrested. So I think maybe,
2: (laughs) (laughs) well, does that mean the fans um, miss the review criticism
1: parody and or pastiche?
2: Of the no, song got, gone by Nirvana.
1: Feedback I got from the single fan was I liked that it wasn't there.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, no, I figured um, they haven't taken us down yet, so we're yeah. probably in the clear.
1: If they if they go for it, we'll we'll just we'll just find a different song. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find something more, uh, like more, uh, maybe like red scared it more euro trash you know <laughs> um,
2: uh i don't know why that's better but
1: sure uh it's not better than nirvana but it's i guess those russian bitches are less likely to come after them than nirvana oh gosh gotcha, yeah yeah you know what i mean well, it's, not, it's not better it's just more uh <laughs> there's less Copyright. yeah well
2: i'm sure all these rights are all owned by like three record labels or something
1: yeah for sure <laughs> we're trying to keep them out of our uh, out of our grasp how are you doing in life we haven't we actually really saved everything for the pod so i don't even know what what you've been up to
2: yeah, it's been crazy honestly. Um yeah, I haven't really talked to you about everything that's going on, but it is a shit show. Um but uh we're fine. We we basically abandoned the potty training um due to various sort of other like upheavals and um that feels like the right move at this point because we were all kind
1: of losing it. I sort of thought it was like a little early to be doing it, but I guess you guys were trying to be ambitious, right?
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, she kept, it is early, but like we have some other friends whose kids are about the same age who did it. And then gre- or my, my kid um, was started like talking about it, like me potty and stuff. So we are like, maybe this is the right time. But then, yeah like our whole child care situation um kind of got a little screwed up so <laughs> um but yeah just a lot of changes for her and so yeah we're just not doing it anymore <laughs> and it feels uh, it feels like the right call
1: <sighs> all right well i'm sorry uh that sounds stressful as fuck man
2: yeah, it's you
1: know just another day in the life. What's going on with Q? Well, I'm proud of you for being such a responsible, contributing member of society. <laughs> um, not much. My boyfriend came into the room today with he'd opened one of my packages, and he's like, "Why did you order the Unabombers Manifesto?" <laughs> I would forgotten that I ordered it, <laughs> <laughs> but I was interested in reading it. So I guess that's what I'm doing instead of potty training the next generation. Um, although I'm I'm aiding in the upbringing of the next generation in, in different ways, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Potty training of
2: the mind.
1: Yeah, potty training of the mind. I'm doing all the, the trans indoctrination of the youth that needs to... <laughs> needs to happen um but um, yeah i don't know everything so legit. how did you explain the um unibomber <laughs> manifesto? i don't know he was more laughing than anything he was, just, <laughs> let me, just let me know if any like big changes are on the horizon <laughs> he knows you know he knows i'm like a, a little bit of a i would say loose cannon at times as you know so <laughs> I think he was more just uh, looking a little bit for signs that (laughs) (laughs) there had been a strong swing. Um, But there really hasn't. I mean, I I just want to read it. I mean, I didn't even realize Ted Kaczynski was still alive until recently. So I'm just curious.
2: Oh, I actually didn't know that either. I knew he was in prison. But yeah, I don't know. I assumed he had died at some point.
1: It seems so, I mean, I thought about that with what we're going to talk about later, like how the seventies like seems so long ago, but it really just highlights how short human life is because it's, it's really not that long ago, you know, like in historical terms.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So, Um, so So, yeah, anyway, whatever. Um, So did
2: you like order this manifesto in like a Benzo withdrawal haze?
1: I think so. I also feel like there's a few things happening aesthetically in my life right now. Like BAP is back on Twitter. Lana released a new song. I decided to read the Unabomber manifesto, although maybe I won't really read it similar to the communist manifesto, which is right (laughs) there on my shelf that I, I never read even when I was uh, ostensibly a little kind of, tiny bit part of a communist organization a a fake communist organization because you know it was like new york college students it wasn't exactly yeah Yeah. i mean it's
2: similar to the communist manifesto in that it's like best read by like angsty teens
1: yeah but i kind of you know i went through like the left-wing angsty teen readings or i faked it here (laughs) and there um to try to get dick i guess but i um i never went through the right you know i never went through like the right i mean i knew people reading like atlas shrugged but i um i never went through it you know so i i guess i feel like i have to i have to do a both sides of on this situation <laughs> uh so i'm going to try out the other the other side of things um Yeah, besides that, the biggest thing I'm happy about is is new Lana music, which I know you're not nearly as excited about as I am, but I'm ready, you know. So she delivered? She delivered, it's great. There's a a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard. That's her new song. (laughs) (laughs) I cried the first time I heard it. I don't really understand why Lana is I actually posed this question on Twitter and none of the gays that I thought would answer answered it, but like She's sort of, like, right-wing coded in, like, Normie's minds, and I don't quite get that. I'm not Hmm. sure what that's about. Like, I mentioned that she's my favorite um, pop singer at a, like, work thing with, like, my incredibly Normie staff, you know? And they were Mm -hmm. like, oh, isn't she, like, a Trump supporter? And I was like, I don't know. I don't think this woman has said a political thing in her entire life. Like, you know? (laughs) Like, I've (laughs) never heard her express any sort of political opinion. But I, I think in some Libs eyes, that's enough to, you know, Yeah,
2: well, wasn't she, she was kind of making like went viral at some point recently for posting some photos or something, but they weren't overtly political from what I remember, but
1: well, she seems to have gone, which who hasn't been there if you're a girl or a gay guy, but she was sort of dating a cop. Mm. um for a while during the pandemic but w- what did you guys want her to do? You guys locked <laughs> everything down, you know. So she started dating a cop in Oklahoma. We were all doing what we had to do to cope with the pandemic. <laughs> like I don't think you can really judge her for that,
2: you know. Yeah, and she took that photo at at the 26 in California, the like county jail in Chicago.
1: But she was visiting her boyfriend's relatives.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, I wouldn't say that's explicitly right wing coded either. I mean,
1: I think they were just saying, I think they were actually being kind of classist. I think they were just saying she looks like a hick, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. They were saying she looks like a like a deplorable, like what they think a deplorable looks like. But so. That building,
2: too, that like pr- that jail complex is like such a weird vibe. It's like very sinister feeling.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, she's really. I think my argument about her is, is she's just interested in like Americana aesthetics, and unlike other artists that feel the need to constantly reinvent herself, she's just been kind of engaged in the same project her entire career which I admire like every Lana Del Rey song is sort of just like a different shade of gray of the, of the exact same song. (laughs) Um, But I think that that's what makes her incredible because she's just like, I'm going to keep doing this project until it's, you know, until it's whatever, you know, I die, I guess that's the, (laughs) (laughs) that's the plan. Um, And of course, cause she's interested in Americana, she's going to, rub up against some. Um, um hopefully you can't hear my boyfriend doing the dishes on the pod sorry oh, I can't so. Um but of course she's going to be interested in some deplorable shit you know like that's some of the best Americana shit <laughs> like but that doesn't mean she's political it's just you know she likes the way that shit looks which I like the way that shit looks too I like driving through like small towns and stuff like that you know yeah we can't all live in, you know, San Francisco people, although yeah. she can because she's really rich. So
2: well, she didn't fly to Ukraine and give Zelensky her Emmy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so that means she's like
1: a far right. She doesn't even know. <laughs> I I wouldn't be shocked if she doesn't even know who Zelensky is. <laughs> Like she seems to live a very chilled out, blissed out kind of existence. Well, I, don't, I don't. Why is all her music so sad? Because I think she's just kind of like stoned by the pool, like in LA, <laughs> you know. But she's not trying. She's not trying to be particularly like I don't know. She doesn't she doesn't care about politics? Yeah. She cares about being beautiful? And she cares about being stoned <laughs> and she cares about <laughs> driving around Southern California. And she's primarily, you know, focused on, uh, men in her life, which <laughs> that's a lot of, that's a lot of girls and gays, you know, that's why it's relatable. That's, that's her the Lana
2: memory. manifesto.
1: Yeah. And she wants to, you know, sort of be choked out by a dude and just <laughs> very relatable things. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's why people don't like her too. They say she, fe- she like glamorizes abuse. Oh yeah.
2: But that's, Oh my God. That is just such a whole thing in like femme, like artistry. I don't know.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, that's like completely... Yeah, female presenting artists interested in violence is not really like a a new thing that Lana Del Rey invented. Um, But I guess, since you brought him up, uh, Zelensky person of the year.
2: Oh my God, are you serious? I didn't even know
1: that. Yeah, he's the (laughs) time person of the year. Oh God. Right after he fucking banned the Russian Orthodox Church, church in the Ukraine. Wow. Because
2: they were spreading Russian disinformation.
1: I guess so. But <laughs> Time Person of the Year is a little bit weird because, like, you know, Hitler was famously Time Person of the Year. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, so I, I don't think people <laughs> quite realize like a lot of libs on Twitter, like like really, really dumb ones were like, it should be Liz Cheney. <laughs>
2: And I'm no, I like, thought you were going to say Lizzo.
1: <laughs> they would like Lizzo to be it. <laughs> Liz Cheney, though. That's <laughs> essentially equally ridiculous. I mean, literally, like, half the people in the first, like, uh, pr- it started in 1927, I guess. I'm looking at all of them. Is A lot of them are, like, like, kind of, like, controversial figures, you know? Interesting. Who else? I don't know Hail Selassie, he was the emperor of Ethiopia. I guess that oh, was a yeah. big big thing people cared a lot about. Um Wallace Simpson who got that Nazi king to abdicate from the throne. Oh nice. Remember the yeah, then there was the premier of the Republic of China. Oh. Um, lots of kind of fashy, fascist, Adolf <laughs> Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Winston Churchill, Joseph Stalin again. Wow. Yeah. When was that during the war? I assume not after. That was, was no. It was yeah. It was during World War Two. Yeah. When, when they liked him. Yeah. Um. Then they did the troops of the North of the Korean War. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a cop-out i hate when they do that shit i know uh yeah a lot of these people seem like i guess controversial uh choices what a know? diss to the people of ukraine that they chose oh my god you're gonna think <laughs> this is so funny in 1960 they just did u.s scientists oh my god what yeah why what what, what did they do I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, oh. I really don't know what they what they gave it for, but that's interesting because you know, like we're so.
2: Who was it in twenty twenty? Don't tell me Fauci. I'm
1: sure Fauci was one of them. Hold on, I'm sure he was. Oh, it was Joe Biden. <laughs> Do you want to see, do you want to hear some of the worst ones? 2019 yeah. Greta Thunberg.
0: Oh, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, Jamal Khashoggi was oh my God. <laughs> 2017 was the silence breakers, which was just the, the me too movement. And they included Taylor Swift, Ashley Judd, Susan, Fowler, a strawberry picker named Isabel Pascal. What? (laughs) I think they were going for like, not just just rich women get raped, this strawberry picker does too. Hmm. That was a weird year for everyone, 2017. (laughs) Uh, 2016, it was Donald Trump. Oh, interesting. 2014, it was Ebola fighters. (laughs) What? So, <laughs> 2011 it was the protester and there was occupy movement that's hilarious uh, wow 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 ben bernanke 2009
2: ah, ben bernanke <laughs> from ben bernanke to occupy yeah.
1: vladimir putin 2007 yes uh wow. 2000- 2006 was you as an that- us the reader that- 2006? Yeah. <laughs> what? You gotta love this. 2005 was the Good Samaritans, Bill and Melinda Gates. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
2: God. It's funny. It's like crazy how just overtly
1: propagandistic
2: it is. That's so
1: funny. I know. I know. And in 1998, they did Ken Starr and Bill Clinton. <laughs> That's kind of trolly of them. I like that. Yeah,
2: I think I, I, I think I read. I may or may not be dropping some misinformation here, but I think that Kenneth Starr uh, investigation into the Monica Lewinsky thing was the most um, expensive, uh, like White House investigation of
1: all time. Mm, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they really ramped that up. Ann Coulter, famously, all up in that. Um, That's where a lot of a lot of weird people crawled out of that cyclone um, into fame. Yeah, Um, 1988, the Endangered Earth. That was that was the person of the year. year. (laughs) They got Gordon in there. Um some of these people I have like no idea who they even are. Oh 1982 the computer <laughs> okay, <laughs> These aren't even people <laughs> This is ridiculous 1975 was American women That's wow. a weird one Nixon got it twice <laughs> Oh 1969 was the middle Americans which apparently was a reference to the S- Nixon silent majority that was like the first deplorables. That was like the you know what I mean. The first attempt at branding non-coastal people as something different. Yeah. Wait. What did they say? What did they call it? Well, Nixon. Nixon famously said that there was a silent majority in the country. So uh. he was like, "There's these heathen counter culture people on the coasts, and then there's a silent majority of." Good, decent, upstanding.
2: Uh huh. So it was sort of the reverse. Yeah. But like referring to the same people.
1: Right. Right. So it's like, but I mean, it's just interesting when you look at like rhetoric because it's like basically, I would say rhetoric hasn't changed from it really just alters, it just cycles through a few different things from basically like 1960 on. You know what I mean? Uh huh. The science. <laughs> there's, two, there, there's there's two types of people there's I don't know normies and freaks <laughs> <laughs> like different you know like th- at different times different manifestations of those two things but what you know mm-hmm. um, women are are women be doing something you know <laughs> that's like that's like another common one. <laughs> just stuff like that you know oh there's a foreign war we should all really care about for no discernible reason <laughs> yeah and then and then the last one is like here's a rich guy that kind of like sums up you know yeah all the time people of the year
2: huh and yeah i mean some of the just like completely fake ones you you <laughs>
1: computer they were having a particularly retarded day at the uh, (laughs) uh, time used as it's funny that time used to be considered so like legit and now it's kind of like a joke magazine i can't believe you didn't respond when i sent you lizzo's instacart vegan grocery
2: (laughs) well i had actually seen um yeah like an ad for that um and that was part of the reason that I like started to feel like Lizzo was an off the fucking <laughs> smuckers smuckers um what are they called?
1: Uncrustables. Like, yeah. <laughs> the I mean, uncrustable. None of it's, it's what's weird about it is that none of it's real food. Uh huh. The it's beyond a, meat. That was yeah, the beyond yeah. meat. Coca Cola. Yeah.
2: Uncrustables. It's just like you're not even... You can't even make yourself a peanut butter jelly
1: sandwich. Like, uh, I don't... Isn't Lizzo rich enough to like... Oh, whatever. Let's not even talk about Lizzo. I can't do Lizzo right now. <laughs> I can't even handle it. Um, I guess I had my first mini cancellation.
2: Oh, yeah. I want to hear about that. I didn't even... Uh, I didn't even <laughs> talk to you much about that.
1: Well, surprise everyone. I didn't read the article I posted about, <laughs> um, which is what the accusation everyone kept making. And I was like, jokes on you. I did not read it. <laughs> um, I basically just said there, le- I, I, I tweeted a picture of an article that said, Porsche's the best stressed character on TV and I said, they're from White Lotus. And I said, they're really letting them just say anything out here. And then this fashion... And Porsche's
2: who? That's like the rich lady's assistant. Yeah. Jennifer Coolidge's assistant. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And then some like fashion lady. Well, here's some of the insults I got. Forgive me if I scoff on the opinion of a guy with an anime filter profile picture. <laughs> Um, another person said it's always an idiot with a podcast. <laughs> um and then this this fashion blog lady retweeted me who has a kind of a lot of followers. And I guess she made a point about she said, the I am in my opinion, excellent article makes it pretty clear that by best stress, she doesn't mean at all that Portia is the most stylish but rather that her eclectic and chaotic trend-chasey costumes perfectly embody the kind of lost young woman she is. And I think that woman tweeting is what got a lot of people... Mm. Um,
2: This is really, like, the left-can't-meme, though. Like, these burns are, like, not very impressive, If in my opinion.
1: No. Um, Someone said, People have no respect for the art of costume design. Shake my head. (laughs) people said ridiculous to expect someone to read past the headline um what else do they say people don't read articles anymore then complain about it for for the clickbait titles which is a funny diss because the the article was written to create clickbait Yeah, of
2: course it was it was written to like make people have get into this exact argument
1: And then someone goes, like, yes, please. Can we celebrate people for curating the exact best outfits for the personality, the time in their life, and what the character is trying to tell the world? Fucking love the way they dressed Portia. She looks like the skins, uh, the anthro-sale section. I don't even know what that means. Anyway, whatever. (laughs) Well, you guys, joke's on you. Didn't read it. Still haven't haven't read it. (laughs) <laughs> still an idiot with a podcast. So none of you are listening. I don't even know who I'm talking to right now.
2: A self-identified idiot with a misinformation podcast.
1: Well, that's what I started doing to troll people. <laughs> like the more people who commented at it or, or message or like commented or replied or, or, or quote tweeted me, then there was all these quote tweets in Spanish and Italian, so who knows what they were calling me. <laughs> but I started responding to all of them and I said, I'm sorry I didn't read the article, but I can't read. You should be more respectful <laughs> to uh the illiterate pop- population. And then then people started really some of them started really getting mad then. What but I cause I wrote that like maybe 16 times. <laughs> the Leah <laughs> Michelle defense. I was like, you guys should be nicer to people who can't read. Um, anyway, I got blocked a few times. It was fun. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. You guys didn't stop me. I'm just looking to be canceled again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Um, is there anything else before we get into like the main topic? Like anything else that's like ambiently? In the discourse that seems i don't think so anymore. it's
2: been a pretty light week i feel like which ted is fine cruz's, with
1: me ted cruz's bisexual daughter tried to commit suicide and all the libs are sending her messages on twitter that was weird oh
2: god i didn't know about that but that
1: sounds weird i don't even know her name but I was gonna, let's just call her pamela they were like pamela pamela cruz uh Remember, there's a whole country fighting for you, or something, stuff like that. I don't even know how they know that she's bisexual, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Someone got mad at me for saying that non binary isn't a legitimate identity. Nice. So on Twitter, IRL.
2: nice. (laughs) Nice. The highest form of cancellation.
1: You know, I actually am excited to talk about this documentary because I thought a lot about gender identity. Should we just get into it, I guess? Yeah, yeah, sure. I, so we watched... Um,
2: We've got an unorthodox docket this week. We're not yeah it.
1: Well, mainly, the, the first, that was just us shooting the shit for a minute, but we really are here to talk about mystery W.R., Mysteries of the Organism. which is a 1971 film directed by Serbian director, Dusan Makavejev. I did not say that right, but whatever. Um, Who was actually banned from Serbia until the end of the, the, until the fall of communism for making the film, which I thought was some cool background info. So that's what we watched. What did you and your wife think? Like initial impressions? Well, um I
2: told her about it and I read some description of the movie. I don't know where it was. Um but it described like a young Serbian woman's sexual awakening or something. And and my wife was like, "My prediction is that this director just wanted to explore this young woman's sexual awakening." <laughs> Um, and I
1: think she was wrong though. Yes, yeah,
2: she. I would agree. I would agree. Um, and um, yeah. I think it turned out to be pretty interesting and not really um that at all. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite a journey. And um, this was actually a pool house wreck, wasn't it?
1: Yes, it was pool house. Yeah, ended it. Um, Which is a great recommendation Uh, I hated it For like maybe 20 minutes And then I kind of really started liking it Same Um, I
2: had the exact same experience Um, Like the first part Is just about that kind of crazy Like I don't even know what that guy was Doctor of some kind Or Kind of a so, like a quack doctor like alternative doctor or something.
1: Yeah, so um well he wasn't he wasn't really that alternative. So that what's Weimar, uh or no sorry. Wilhelm Reich. Wilhelm Reich, who was famous during the Weimar Republic and left before Hitler took power. That's what that's where I got the word Weimar. Um he was like Freud's number two. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's actually like really I didn't realize until I Googled him. He's really, really famous. Um Yeah, i yeah. never really heard of him before. Well, it what's shocking I think what's interesting for the uh topics you and I like to Cover is that he, the FDA actually managed to get him arrested and burned all his books. Yeah, uh,
2: that was pretty crazy. And it was the FDA, yeah. It was
1: the FDA, yeah. So the Food and, du- and Drug Administration obtained an injunction against the interstate shipment of his Oregon accumulators, <laughs> which, were the, which were those boxes in the documentary that people can sit in, I guess, to have orgasms? I guess that's what they were supposed to be for. I don't really know why you need to go in the box, but whatever. Um, And then in 1956, he was charged with contempt for violating the injunction. They put him in jail um, and they burned six tons of his publications by the order of the court. Yeah. Uh, And he died in prison of heart failure. So, I mean, I guess it's just shocking to me (laughs) that the FDA had that sort of... They were rolling that deep. They had some, they right. had some big Well, plans. and they
2: must have met. They must have felt that he was threatening in some way, um, yeah, to definitely. the like medical industrial complex or something. I didn't, it, it, it didn't go in depth until why or anything. But like, what was? I had trouble understanding like what his whole like deal was. Like his theory. It was definitely like quasi about orgasming and like. The power of orgasm or something. But did you like
1: understand yeah, exactly so what he believed? Of? Like, he believed that, like, well, I mean, okay, it's not. <laughs> Here's what he believed he believed in this thing called Oregon, which Wikipedia calls pseudoscientific. But, you know, I'm I always, I tend to think that, you know, maybe it's the opposite, but whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I <that's... laughs> I guess it's um, described as esoteric energy or a life force, and this guy William Reich um, was the one who like talked about it. And it's supposed to be like a creative force that like comes from orgasm. Um, and he he argued that restric- deficits or constrictions in bodily ergon were at the root of many diseases, including cancer. And a lot of neuroses found in Freudian theory, which is interesting because I think that this idea has really seeped into mainstream culture. Like a lot of, you know, you'll hear people say like, Oh, she just, or well, this is probably a sexist. So I'll use he, but he just needs to get laid. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, that's right. like a-
2: Oh yeah, for sure. It kind of goes back to my tweet about that. The real cause of long COVID is like, basically just not getting fucked enough.
1: Yeah, but that I think that that has that idea like is seems to have kind of like leaked into popular par- parlance from him and now now I think it's sort of just kind of generally believed that orgasming and having sex is is good for you. Well, I mean, you know, people love to talk about both sides of that because we know a lot of our mm-hmm. mutuals are all into like semen retention and stuff um <laughs> <laughs> well but... yeah and
2: that's what I was gonna say too though is it like are all orgasms equal right like is an incel who's just like jerking it in his dungeon you know to weird like video game porn or something like is that as healing as
1: like IRL sex or you know what I mean well he doesn't seem to think so mm-hmm you know, I mean, the opening scene. There's actual fucking in this. The opening scene is that that couple fucking in the field, mm-hmm. um, with the voiceover of his like reading. So he definitely seemed to believe that you should be engaged in copulation, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it had a powerful. I mean, I think that that's I, again, like, I feel like some of this stuff is just like accepted it's interesting that he was so like condemned for that because some of this stuff just seems like totally accepted as like mainstream Mm -hmm. ideas now that like it's good. The
2: other thing I was thinking about is that to what extent this theory is sort of dependent on like birth control. Right. Or is like, you know, because otherwise everyone would just be sort of like indiscriminately having children.
1: Or, well, he was into, um, uh, I mean, yeah, he did some crazy stuff. He thought he could influence the weather anyway, whatever. Um,
2: <laughs> I mean, these yeah. are, I, I, you know, I don't have a real opinion. These are just things I was like thinking about if it was sort of a, like 20, tw- firmly 20th century thing that couldn't have really emerged before that, or, you know, just different angles on it.
1: Well, he did, co- apparently he did coin the term sexual revolution. Oh, um But he, based on like the little bit of writings featured in the documentary, seemed into the fact that sex made children. Uh-huh. He says that something, about, he said something about a child being a energy potential or something like that at the top of the documentary. Uh-huh. So I, I don't think he's so against, I don't think he's a, I think he's a natalist, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um... But yeah, I mean, it is a good point because as, as you well know, um, sex can result in children and that (laughs) is a complicating factor in this whole, uh, you know, free expression sex is to be healthy, find yourself thing, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Because kids make that all of that really hard a lot Uh. of the time. (laughs) so if it's really about an individual journey um like I don't know I mean maybe you and your wife are out in some fields banging it out here and there but I would like, <laughs> guess we don't have a lot of time for things like that you know <laughs> um just free sun-dappled sex in a field but maybe <laughs> I don't know what y'all's thing is but yeah that's the I don't know. Yeah, I'm rambling. So that's the beginning though. And then mm. they that's the part I hated because they go to the Pennsylvania town where he was living and they interview some of his like kids and followers um at the like compound they're living on. And those people kind of seemed like they were brainwashed. Yeah, a like
2: a little unhinged kind of. Um, but you know, I mean I can see that in some sense, like they were unconventional, right, like I guess, um you could say, like not indoctrinated into the mainstream culture, and they felt that they were uh you know independent from all that
1: well they i mean they they seem to have like literally um actually have been in a lot of ways like mm-hmm. they were sort of rejected by the small town they lived in, and um you know, they were doing this at the height of the Cold War and were called, like, commies and <laughs> uh-huh. things like that. Even though he,
2: like, I guess, um well, I guess this guy was, I don't know what the, this Wilhelm Reich's political views were, but he didn't seem like a commie necessarily. <laughs> he was, like, a big, like, gun guy. It seemed like he was always, like, carrying his gun around and, like,
1: I mean, I think now there'd be people that would call this dude based because he yeah. was like out, you know, his whole thing was like out in the woods, fucking guns, like <laughs> society's really bad for you, mainstream medicine is fake. Uh huh. You know, so like, I guess I, I just thought that was, um, anyway, right. whatever. So, yeah. The thing I that
2: I didn't like about this segment of the film was that there was a lot of, like, sort of orgasmic, like, wailing and grunting (laughs) (laughs) Um, by, like, various people, like, rooms full of people who, like, didn't even appear to actually be having sex, but they would be having these sort of, like, yeah, like, quasi-orgasmic, like,
1: uh, 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 uh. And that kind one like, woman who was like, "No, no, 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 no," and her like lips were like flopping everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that stuff was funny. That was another
2: thing? one of my wife's takes, which I guess we'll we'll kind of get to later. But like at the end, the or like the second part of the movie is more like conventionally like attractive people, and she's like. I'd rather see like the hot people murdering each other than the like weirdos like well, you orgasming
1: over. A... <laughs> I agree, and there's it's, it's the '70s, so there's like full bush everywhere. Which I'm I'm, I'm a bush supporter personally, and that's I, I think people should let let their hair kind of fly wild down there, but um, or I at least think I at least think stripping all your hair off is weird, personally. Yeah. I, I, feel I mean, I think there's a balance to be had. Personally. Yeah, I mean, I think, some, I think some trimming can be nice, but I'm just, <laughs> I just, I think the for a while, I feel like it was like everything should be gone—the porn star look—and I think that that's actually not very sexy. Um, but I, one thing I noticed, even with the very unattractive people, which I did want to point out, is just how thin everyone is. And I thought about how. uh gross those scenes would be like today because <laughs> everyone is so fat now. So it's like, or not everyone, but a majority um, of people.
2: Mm-hmm. Actually, um,
1: yeah. A majority of people. Yeah. A huge, a bit, vast majority. So I just, I just thought of a lot about that. I was like, wow, it's like, there's not one person in this entire film who's not, who wouldn't be considered an in incredible shape today. Mm -hmm. Um, and I liked seeing them because I thought about how something has happened and I I don't I don't have really a theory on this I'll have to think about it more but it's like no one looks as real as people seem to have looked (laughs) back then (laughs) to me Um, everyone looks really haunted now even really in shape people like I just think about how like the, like, kind of Instagramification of life has sort of, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of, like, fucked people over. Like, they just don't look, like, kind of, like, natural and in their element. And, like, a lot of these people just seemed sort of, like, kind of, like, unbothered, you know? Like, sort of just... Yeah. They were kind of just, like, doing their thing. And, like, even if it was weird or cringe or whatever, they just didn't have, like the kind of, like, heaviness of just, like, discourse, like, all over them. Um,
2: mm-hmm. the, uh, all penetrating hyper-reality of everything, where, yeah, like, people, you know, everyone looks, like, on Instagram with the filters and then the real-life, like, trends become, like, you want to look like the Instagram filters in real life or whatever, you know, <laughs>
1: right and no one no one had botox no one had fillers no one had i mean like i just think now like you know i'm like we're both approaching or in or i guess i'm in our mid-30s and it's like the further you know people are just just look like they just they're you know it's like it's just people don't look as real <laughs> i don't yeah. i don't feel like anymore it's like everyone all the has- mutants yeah like- Yeah, and I think, like, staring at blue light all the time is fucking us up, looking at our phones all the time, looking at screens. Horrible.
2: Yeah, the hunching, just constantly, like, sitting and lying down and hunching and looking at your phone, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I just, I thought about how everyone looked so, like... And they weren't, like, ripped or anything. They just looked, like, kind of, like, normal... Like, you would think that, like... Everyone in this film is probably, like, 20s, 30s, 40s, roughly. Mm -hmm. A few older people, But kind of generally like youngish to middle aged adults. And it was like everyone just looked like kind of like I think like people are like supposed to (laughs) look. Yeah, like
2: vaguely fit and healthy, not like outlandishly outlandishly roided out, nor like completely let themselves go, you know. Or
1: completely obese. No one was, no one was also, there was no one scarily thin either. It was, like, none of the extremes that I feel like are, like, kind of ever present in modern society. Like, I'm sure, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, there weren't fat people or there weren't anorexic people Right, in right. period. Of course, I'm sure there were. I just, it was just interesting to see these, like, yeah, kind of, like, broad swaths of people. Be, even just when, like, the, so the, I guess this <laughs> is one of the ones we can get into. There's a couple performance artists in it. And there's the guy, Tully Kupferberg. Um, Was
2: that the soldier guy?
1: Yeah, he was in a band called The Fugs. Oh, yeah. Um, And he was walking around with that gun and, like, masturbating the gun on the streets of New York. I kind of like
2: that guy. He looked insane. But, yeah, he was this, like, hippie kind of dude, like, like, grungy, hippie, long hair, beardo. But he was walking around with sort of, like, an army helmet and a big like rifle um through new york city and kind of just like freaking out the normies.
1: Yeah, it was cool. I liked him too. He lived to be 86. Good for him. Oh wow. Long long life. Um Yeah, so we we do get images of just like street people who also just seem to be more uh you know, yeah, fit. The um <laughs> I thought that the Betty Dotson was maybe the most annoying. She was the like masturbation workshop woman.
2: Oh yeah. The artist who like paints people jerking it.
1: Yeah. She seemed.
2: I didn't feel she had like a lot to. Yeah. She brought a lot to the conversation really.
1: I bet it. I bet. I bet at the time it seemed radical, like to be like, oh, like women don't know how to orgasm and like Mm -hmm. we teach them that, but I don't, at least in my experience, that's not true anymore. (laughs) Like women can go buy a fucking, I don't even know, a rabbit (laughs) vibrating monstrosity. Like I just feel like the options are very, no, it's
2: like part of the school curriculum now, like Lizzo, you watch a Lizzo video where she's like,
1: i mean even when i was in school girls were talking about like using their like electric toothbrushes and stuff to masturbate so i i don't i don't think that there's any uh dirt and that was like you know 20 years ago i don't think there's any dearth of knowledge about that uh yeah. now
2: um but i'm my favorite part my favorite aspect of it was and and i once um it got into this part that i really liked i i it sort of contextualized the other stuff about the the uh Wilhelm Reich and and all the other stuff in a way that that made it more interesting to me but my favorite part was the um kind of the fictional story with the the like Yugoslavian communist women <laughs>
1: Well, should we save? Should we go th- just like finish going through the artists, and then go to them? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. It just, me, so then, the, one of the plaster casters, we watch her do a, a dude stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were famous groupies, and I, that was a fun scene that seemed joyful and fun to watch. She, like, yeah, it was me.
2: kind of interesting. I never had considered before, like how they actually did did it. You know,
1: <laughs> it was like very not awkward yeah they Uh, both seemed very relaxed and chill about the whole thing so i was i was into that
2: yeah and it was on camera too which adds like another dimension to it
1: i mean i just don't even know if people could be that chill in today's time i just (laughs) i don't even you know what i mean like told this dude and her were like the chillest most relaxed about this thing that i think would like send people into an anxiety spiral today you know uh-huh. what I mean? and they couldn't do it without like ring lights and like you know it just be like it would be like a whole thing and they were just <laughs> like this was like just their like fucking tuesday morning no yeah. but well
2: now it'd be like you're a you're like a patriarchal misogynist who's celebrating the dick and you should you'd get like canceled for being a cast caster now I
1: feel like yeah i guess so anyway they seemed really they seemed to be having a nice a nice morning i hope they had like a nice cup of coffee after that i mean it literally was that chill um so then the other one i wanted to talk about was jackie curtis who was an andy warhol superstar mm-hmm. um and she was uh uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked her because she's a trans woman, and I, I just, like, it was so refreshing to hear her talk because it was just, like, not layered in all this, um... I'm trying to think of how to say this. Like, the kind uh, of
2: victimology framework.
1: <sighs> yeah, I mean, it... Yeah, so it wasn't I'm just trying to think. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't layered in the victimology framework. It wasn't layered in all this jargon. And it was very frank, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like just like kind of this like thing like trans women are women or something like that. Like a slog like a very like slogany mm-hmm. thing. It was just kind of like she was like, I don't know, she's like a New York lady and she was just kind of like describing herself both pre and post. Not even trans. She didn't even use the word transition. No, yeah. You know? She was just describing some of her like sexual experiences and smoking a cigarette and she seemed chill as fuck and was just kind of like, you know, and then you know, like i like, a I'm, person I'm, doing their thing. Yeah. Didn't, a person you know. doing their thing. Yeah. Did they, she didn't seem part of some like larger, I don't know. Uh, yeah. She didn't seem part of some, some like larger, uh, I don't know how to explain, like movement or something. And she was just, uh, yeah. And she just, uh, she was talking about a sexual experience she had, like after she started, like you know, saying she was a girl. And she was like, yeah. And I don't, I don't know why he didn't want to sleep with me anymore. I looked exactly the same. I just. I was just saying I was a girl, you know, I was just saying I was a girl now, but I had all the same parts. You know what I mean? Like I just had everything else going, like I'm trying to do her voice. It was just like, (laughs) it was just like very frank and it just, yeah, I just was like, it felt very authentic and it didn't feel hyper anxious and it didn't feel layered down with just like so much like psycho jargon, you know, of like, Gender dysphoria and like and you know, and like the like the medical like it didn't feel medicalized at mm-hmm. all her whole thing mm-hmm. it just kind of seemed like and i i you know who knows maybe she, maybe there was a medicalized aspect of her identity, I have no idea, but just like her whole i doubt it to be honest, mm-hmm. and her vibe was just sort of like, yeah, it just seemed like a person doing their thing, so that that was refreshing and interesting and i i <sighs> yeah it seemed really chill (laughs) so I don't know I just I thought I would mention that Um, then there's a guy who does the scream treatments that was kind of boring and then the last person was uh, I don't uh, even remember what what scream those were like the people doing the like get, get that tummy, get the tummy uh, Like stuff like yeah, that yeah, like yeah. the men who were doing that uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and then the last thing they do before we go into this like other part is they show the um, oh they go into that underground magazine screw there's that really really quick scene there where the people are just chilling and reading the magazines naked anyway then the second part <laughs> Okay, so do you want to tell them about the second part
2: sure should I just kind of summarize the plot
1: yeah so the second part is fiction I guess you could say
2: yeah and so it's like these two um main characters are these two like women I I, I think it's in Yugoslavia which at the time was like a Soviet Republic and um it's like this I, just for brevity's sake it was like a brunette and a redhead and <laughs> um the I have no idea what their names were to be honest but um it doesn't really matter uh, that,
1: Veronica
2: is that really real no I just made uh, it. okay um <laughs> and the the redhead is sort of this like she's sort of like the 70s like communist version of a social justice warrior or something like yeah. she's very into the the kind of ideology and like the revolution, but um, she's um, sort of what in the, uh, like she lived in a, in a building, you know, that was very communist, sort of like a, a block building and her room, she lived with her roommate who was the brunette and they lived in, the apartment wasn't like bedrooms or anything. It was just kind of like an open space that they both shared and um she gets into what seemed to be kind of like a generational divide or conflict um in in the sort of communist ideology where she seemed to link have the idea that connected back to this orgone idea um that like there's sort of a revolutionary power in orgasm and sexuality and like she some of the older generation of these soviet communists don't seem really down with that like this older lady comes by and she's like it's to me it just seems like a big fuck fest or
1: something (laughs) and um but but i think what's important to point out in the whole thing is that the um is that the uh the, at least in most of the the second sequence, the the brunette is getting laid a shit time. Yeah, night. she's the always redhead.
2: like banging the this. <laughs> yeah, like whenever the redhead comes back to the apartment, the brunette is just chilling in there with some guy, like mid fuck, and um, they're all like pretty like chill about it. But you can tell that the redhead's just kind of annoyed or whatever because she's sort of like unsexed or whatever. And even though she, like, really believes in this, like, revolutionary idea of, like, revolution through sex, she's not really, like, living that out. And her roommate is—the roommate basically doesn't have, like, any lines in the whole movie. She's just, like, in the background kind of getting freaky with this dude who was, like, a communist soldier, I guess. And she was, like, yeah, like, he's so—he really needs me, and I'm, like, serving the country and whatever— um, but like really, he just seemed like kind of that, like a dude that you would know who's like sort of a just not like, he didn't really seem like he was doing much fighting really. He just seemed to be kind of like hanging out and like banging this chick in the apartment,
1: you know? I mean, that's what a lot of soldiers do Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. The fighting is pretty brief, I think, but. Uh, so. Yeah, it just reminded
2: me of like a you know a, I'm sure everyone's had that experience of your kind of roommate who's just like always has some weird dude over whatever you know, um, but mm-hmm. yeah, they seem very happy. The redhead is sort of very passionate about the cause, but like doesn't really have much else like going on in her life, um, until um she meets this like sexy um like famous communist ice skater who kind of ca- you know captures her attention and um she pursues him um and what happens? so they and, sh- and he's kind of into her there he's
1: like I don't know what his deal is, but he's. I thought he wasn't really into her. Is kind of the thing. He's. I. I kind of read him maybe as gay. I thought he might be kind of gay
2: too, like a sex symbol, but like he's gay, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's kind of how I read him, or I mean, whatever. I mean, he's he seems actually, I think, sexually uninterested in her, which is kind Uh of but I think like the joke was, you know.
2: Right. And he is yeah, right, right. And she's into him and kind of coming on pretty strong. At one point they go to like a park or something, some kind of outdoor area, and she makes a move and he rejects her. And um, hits her really hard. Yeah, and like kind of freaks out and like yeah, beats her a little bit. And then she he like apologizes. And she gets really mad at him for being, like, a man and kind of, like, jumps on him and starts, like, just, like, berating him for his, like, masculinity. And she kind of has, like, an orgasm as she's, like, berating him. Um, and then he slices her head off with an ice skate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then at the end, she gives a speech. And all of this is interposed. Well, her, her
2: like severed head gives a speech.
1: <laughs> yeah, and all of this is interposed with like communist uh, propaganda. And I guess reading... Do you want to hear like the Wikipedia take on this? So, sure, yeah. Uh, her name, I guess, is Melina uh, violates her proletarian convictions by going after the glamorous ice skater guy. And not fucking um, that guy who breaks through her wall. Oh, yeah. Because that would have been like giving a worker. (laughs) I guess, you know, like they kind of like tie sex up in like the whole like workers movement thing. Even when the other couple's fucking, she's saying things like. Oh, our sold our soldiers need a a release and stuff like that, you know.
2: Right, and we're yeah. all supposed to be equal, except she likes this sort of unattainable, um, like glamorous celebrity, basically.
1: Yeah, and he's supposed to represent the West, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. So yeah, that's that's like kind of the whole second half of it. Um. I mean, what it, I mean, I liked it interspersed with, like, the shots of Lennon and stuff like that, too. What did you... What was your take on it, besides it being kind of enjoyable to watch? That's um, the shit that got him banned, that, that sequence. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, um, people saw it as mocking Lennon, sort of. Because, like, that was, like, always the critique of Lennon, that he wasn't, like, a real... For the worker guy, he was like kind of a communist celebrity, Mm -hmm. you know. Hmm. Interesting, as opposed to Stalin. (laughs) I think Uh, I don't know. It was seen as anti-communist, like the that the message of that was supposed to seem like anti-communist. Like, yeah, I kind of see it because she like has these convictions that are a little bit absurd. Mm -hmm. Um, like linking sexual liberation to communism. Like Mm -hmm. she's trying to like, you know, which I think is kind of like shows the excesses of ideology, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you start trying to like let your ideology suck up everything, I think Mm -hmm. that's when you... uh...
2: Yeah, well, I definitely um, think, you know, it wasn't communist propaganda for sure. So that could be seen as a, a threat. You know to the ideology because i think it also kind of intersperses it with these clips of the sort of western uh sexual revolution and liberation that was kind of happening in tandem i guess right and it wasn't communist in nature at all or you know i think i mean kind of kind of juxtaposing these two different versions of the same thing and connecting but but also kind of both connecting sex to like power and violence and I don't know it was interesting I don't know I don't know that it had like a specific thesis on any of this but I think that's
1: kind of what's good about it maybe or interesting about yeah. it yeah and I think if like yeah and I think it's interesting because it's like she tries to tie in sex with communist ideology, but, like, ultimately, like, her desires, even if they're bad for her, even if they lead to her murder, (laughs) are more, you know, powerful than, like, the ideology, which I think is very true of humans, like, in the sense of, like, there's always going to be kind of, like, a shot like you know like you're you're a shadow person like like your desires are always going to have power no matter what Mm -hmm. ideology you think you're ascribing to whether it's religious or political or whatever it's like Mm -hmm. well then
2: in that speech that her severed head is giving at the end um and it's it's funny like there there's these two like doctors who are kind of analyzing her corpse and the severed head and they're like talking about how much cum was in her vagina and stuff. And um, that it was, must've been like a wild night or something. And they were debating if it was like a gang bang or if it was just like one crazy person or whatever. But, um, and she's basically talking about how, even though she's died, she's like glad that that happened because she would die for the revolution or something. Like, yeah. Wasn't that kind of what her speech was about?
1: Yeah. And then the guy sings like a really gay song. <laughs> yeah. I kind That's of liked cool. the song. Yeah. I zoned out a little bit, but I, I was like, this is funny. Um, like after he kills her, he just sort of like prances around and, and sings a song. Yeah. It was cool. I mean, it won me over in the end. I I was, I felt a little bit like I was in college again, watching like, you know, something for school, <laughs> which yeah, yeah. was sort of a um, nice feeling. Um, uh-huh. Also, I mean, it, the fact that I felt that way shows that like you, we went to like a fake college, you know, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <that's>, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was definitely like an assignment type. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And that's really all I have to say about it. I thought it was really cool. I liked that it didn't have a coherent, message i like seeing people pre total brain fry techno you know
2: yeah i enjoyed just seeing kind of in a glimpse inside the iron curtain you know uh, that kind of stuff really interests me like a totally different culture um And, you know, like, thinking, like, what really was different from American life versus what is just the propaganda that we got about it. Like, that kind of stuff was interesting to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, totally. And it's, like, it's framed in a very, you know, it it kind of shows, like, the absurdity of, like, a lot of the framing around, like the like difference in the sense, like it was like, oh, that's <laughs> that's how they were, this is how we were. But like ultimately, I don't think it really came down saying like either side was really like good or bad. <laughs> it was just like look at these different, you know, mm-hmm. cultures. Although those Pennsylvania people were kind of a lot mm-hmm. when they interviewed like the real town people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But good, good working folk, nothing... nothing. Yeah, and you know, they like... actually
2: weren't, like, that judgmental or anything. I mean, they were like, yeah, I mean, we always thought he was, like, a little different or something, but they were still... They were, like, cutting his hair and everything, you know? I mean, they weren't, like...
1: Yeah, they didn't seem to give that much of a shit about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, in my experience, is, like, kind of, like, the broad... Like, you know, everyone wants to pretend... I'm not saying that people don't like experience violence because of their identity but
0: mm-hmm.
1: in my experience generally speaking like most people are kind of like those townspeople, in the sense of like they kind of just don't give a shit what people around them are, are doing that much mm-hmm. you know I mean, right. obviously- I mean they
2: might think it's a little weird or unusual but they're not gonna like round up a you know a mob and run you out of town
1: no. or no. And it seems like the people who did try to do that to these people weren't from the town. Because mm-hmm. they tell that whole story, it was like outsiders, you know? And I mean, obviously, there's like historical time periods where like what I'm saying isn't true. Like, I I know that like, you know, in deeply segregated South, like right. pre-civil rights, like obviously there were real dangers for people who were Black. I mean, that's like yeah. a fact. I mean, of course, deal.
2: there's instances of, of violence um, yeah, I just all mean, kinds of reasons. I mean, pr- of related. course.
1: Yeah, yeah, all of it. I just, I just meant that like these townspeople, I actually think are like more representative of the norm than mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like everyone mm-hmm. wants to say. Like, you know, I remember like seventy million people voted for Trump. That's seventy million racists, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's like a you know a really reductive view of like what's going on. And I think that actually like a lot of people just voted for Trump because he kind of just seemed weirdly, despite all the shit he said, he sort of kind of seemed like he 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 would be down with it. His only thing was like loyalty to him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, I think it wouldn't have mattered if you were black, gay, trans, whatever. Like if you were loyal to him, he was okay with you. And I think something about that came across as like, egalitarian people they were obviously misguided but I just I think that that's interesting that I mean
2: his whole messaging is just really interesting and it's hard to separate I mean it's hard to it's impossible to know like what his true beliefs and thoughts are uh if he's actually racist or what if he thought that it was just an easy way to get a lot of press coverage because it's so such a hot button issue or what you know i mean there's all kinds of reasons that he might say things like that
1: well i think a lot of what he said was just kind of like i don't know he's an entertainer you know what i mean and like Mm -hmm. he's sort of like i think he sort of got famous um because in like a shock jock kind of way so it's like I don't think he has any real beliefs uh-huh. outside of sort of like a general sort of like mundane uh, thirst for power or whatever. Well,
2: I mean, I-, I suspect he's probably racist in the same way that basically like all like boomers are or all people are to some degree of just like having various sort of prejudices different degrees of consciousness about it or whatever, but like my, you know, my parents or whatever are super like liberal, but they say like all kinds of shit, they complain about all the racist Trump supporters and then they go to like a black neighborhood and they're like, oh, well, I don't know if we should be here. Like, this isn't safe. You know what I mean? It's like,
1: (laughs) I mean, that is such a thing. I literally had a coworker ask me today. She was like, she was like, you know, I've heard good things about Bloomfield, but is it safe? Yeah, right. And, like, yeah. and I could, like, t- and, like, this is, like, a very, like, liberal person, you know? Right. And I could tell, like, essentially what she meant, even if she was unaware. Um, <laughs> Even if she was unaware of what she meant, she was essentially talking about Black people, is what I, is what I thought. I don't even know if she's conscious of that. I'm just stating right. what I what I think the subtext was. Yes. Um, I
2: mean, it's extremely common. And so I, that if I had to guess, I would say that he's probably racist, like in that sense, but probably not in the sense of like wanting to create like a white nationalist state or something.
1: (laughs) No, he definitely anti-immigration, but there's reasons to be anti-immigration that aren't racist. Um, you know that was definitely a stance of his that like Mm -hmm. um but people you know whatever i mean i just i kind of wish he would just go away but i don't really even i don't think it matters i think i don't even think it's his fault i think everything is just like it's just so broken like he's a sign of the times really yeah and everything is just so chaotic and like the inner you know it's like yeah and I'm not even like a nihilist. Like I think that if if you know and if people try to pay attention to like what's right in front of them, they'll they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like day to day lives. I think that's like really all you can do. But, um, yeah. But
2: I don't know <laughs> if we'll be able to get there. But yeah, <laughs> we can try. That's that's what I've been telling people now. Anytime like politics or the news or anything comes up, I'm just like, eh, I don't really, I can't deal with that anymore. I'm just focused. I realize none of it matters and I have no control over it. And I'm just focusing on like what I can actually control in my own life.
1: (laughs) I'm a lot happier. I I think people think that we're more political than we are, like because of the pod, like the podcast, but Mm -hmm. really we're just like it's just like we're trying to entertain ourselves like i actually don't know like a whole lot a whole lot of things uh-huh. like i don't even really know what money is like i couldn't explain <laughs> it. I, like couldn't explain it to you in a coherent way um and i think that's fine i will say that uh i i do like one thing I like that we've done a little bit is like getting people to, so many people have told me they thought about the moon for the first time, ever. <laughs> <laughs> the moon landing. So I think that that's good. You know? Yeah.
2: Just if people can, yeah, just question these things. Um, yeah, I can, that, that goes a long way, honestly.
1: I think that's our only project. Like, I don't think we even really have like firm ideologies of our own. We just want people to be questioning. I would say that's our, <laughs> that's yeah. our these Yeah. To understand
2: okay. that at least most of like what you're being told, the things that you, that you're told are true are at least sort of like in some way
1: fake. <laughs> yeah. There's like, a definitely like a through the looking glass aspect. Well, should we call it a little early tonight? I feel like we, but we, have, we, I think we did a good job. I feel like this is solid up.
2: Yeah, I'm done.
1: All right. Bye, everybody. All right.
2: Signing off.